Hello there, and welcome to episode 71 of the Sports and Spirituality Show, brought to you in part by our friends at the Fairfield County Sports Network and our sponsor, Price Custom Homes. Greg and Mitch Price have been building homes for nearly 50 years. They can help you from the beginning, middle, and end of the process and all points in between. Give them a call or check them out online at PriceCustomHomes.com. Thanks, Greg and Mitch Price, for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show right here on Spotify and other podcasting platforms at WLRY Radio for Life at 11 a.m. on Saturday mornings and on Save Radio, my friend George Chatters and crew at Save Radio on Monday evenings. My name is Steve Rowan. Our co-host is a young lady that, uh, well, Elle, is for the way she looks at me and says, I wish I knew as much about sports as you. O is for the only one I see in the studio, which actually makes me more excited about the amount of sports that I know because she doesn't really know any. V is very, very extraordinary. That's how she is when it comes to loving her husband and children and her students in her line of work and the community. And E is even more extra. This gal is extra. And uh, her name is Kelsey Bowl. She's with Young Life Lancaster. Welcome to the Sports and Spirituality Show, episode 71, here today. Hey. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> well, better than you, apparently. Oh, yeah. 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 So, was any of that true? I, I'll be honest. I was a little wordy. It was wordy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are you familiar with the song L is for the way you look at me? Yeah. O is for the only one I see. Yeah. V is very, very extraordinary. extraordinary. Yeah. E is even more than any one that you adore or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, are you familiar with that? Yeah. I think it was it Sinatra. I'm not sure. I don't know either. Um, yeah, so I was kind of working on, on that because this is uh, um, a pre-Valentine's. So we're recording this on a Friday. Valentine's Day is coming up on a Tuesday. It is. So I was trying to find a way to make that connection. I got it. So Makes sense. L, uh, do you look at me as, uh, wow, I wish I was more like you when it comes to sports? Nope. Yeah, okay, that one wasn't true. Um, and that's a miss on your part. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, uh, you're the only one in the studio. Is that true? Well, with you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, yeah, the only one I see in the studio. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That's uh, true. And uh, uh, mm-hmm. makes me feel better about being a sports fan because <laughs> you're not a very good one. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And V uh, uh-huh, is uh-huh. Uh, very extraordinary because you do a super job of loving your family. Oh, thank you. That was and your children. Uh-huh. Uh, the the uh, youth at uh, Young Life uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. and your community. Thank I- you so much. Is that much. true? I hope so. I think mm. so. Okay. Uh, how would you define that? How would you <laughs> how would you, would you come to that conclusion? Uh, I guess you could just ask people. Okay. Exactly. If they feel loved by exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. And the answer would be a resounding yes. Well, thank I've you. I've told this story several times here, but I was there at a uh, ball game one time. I was getting ready to broadcast it, and I saw you walk in. You were very, very pregnant at the time. Um, and yeah. this gaggle of gals um, thronged to you, mm. um, and uh, it was it was a wonderful thing to see. Thank so, you. Yes, that was true. Um, and are you extra? <laughs> uh, maybe sometimes. Really? Yeah. Is today one of those days? No. <laughs> Why do you say today's not one of those days? I don't know. Because <laughs> you don't feel extra? Yeah, no. Let me ask you about extra. Okay. Can you be the person that defines whether you're extra or not? I don't think so. No, it's other people. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a wrong question for me to ask. Okay, so do you think I'm extra? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <coughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I don't think you're extra at all. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, there are other people. We're talking about uh, uh, love and Valentine's Day uh, here uh, on the show today. We're also uh, going to have a guy, because uh, love begins with L, uh, want to bring somebody on whose initials uh, also begin with L. So a guy named Lucas Lang um, is going to join us, I think, for, the, uh, uh, for, for our uh, program today. Sounds good. Um, he is a track athlete uh, from right here in our hometown of Lancaster, Ohio. And we'll learn a little bit more about um, uh, his acumen as it relates to pole vaulting and uh, maybe his uh, faith journey uh, and family and that kind of thing. So, uh, L, I guess t- today's podcast is brought to you by the letter L. 
Yeah. <laughs> Great. Should have brought Lucy a spot on here. Exactly. We should have brought Lucy, your daughter, Lucy. on. Uh, sorry, Lucy. We uh, we got to get you on uh, the next time we have a show sponsored by the letter L. <laughs> yep. uh, we're going to talk about love. We're going to talk to Lucas Lang uh, here on this podcast. So, um, yes, <clears throat> when uh, I guess somebody else would have to define whether you were extra sure. or not in uh, that um uh, I've not I've not seen that. Now uh, we talk about love or, or dating, especially when you're um, uh, single, and even as a married person, um, I'll see someone uh, out and about, and um, uh, you know I don't know them, but right. um, I say, oh, that's an attractive lady. Sure. But then I watch for a few minutes, um, and I'm like, uh, she seems extra to me. Okay. Now she might not be, <laughs> right, right? But um, and then uh, or I'll have interactions with other people, and I'll say. Wow, that person's uh, nice. Um, they're good-looking, whatever. Um, but uh, I'd never be married to them. Okay. Because they're extra, and uh, my wife so is not. In your mind, extra is bad. Oh uh, yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah, because it was like uh, I don't know. There just seems like there's things that you would have to work with and deal with. My wife's not extra, so I've not had this issue. Um, sure. But uh, it's like um, things that would be really important to them, at least from outward appearances. We don't know that for sure, but right. just outward appearances, like oh, that's really important to them, uh, not important to me at all. And uh, it's like, whew, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want that. Uh, do you ever have that situation? Where you uh, see someone and say, oh, uh, that guy looks, uh, th- that guy's cute <laughs> or fun, um, but mm, I don't think I could be married to him. Um, no. Yeah. I, sure, I feel like I can look at another man and, you know, say, yeah, he's good looking. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think because Josh and I have been together for so long, it's really hard for me to picture myself married to anyone else. Yes. Um. And I mean, I'm so happy in our relationship. Right. I love him. He's my best friend. Right. So no, I don't. I don't know that I consciously have that thought. I will say, and maybe this is even weirder. This is weird. I'm gonna say this. Um, some of my guy friends might do something, and like most of them are married and in happy, healthy relationships. Yeah. Um, but some of them will do something, and I will be like, I am. I could never be married to them. Like, it's like not people I don't know because I'm not typically thinking of them, but like some things that my guy friends do who I love. And I, I have several very good guy friends who feel like truly brothers and are great friends of both Josh and I combined. And I'm just like, they would drive me nuts. Right. We would, uh, not ever work. Like, right. So I don't know. Is that weirder that I think about it for people that I actually know better? No. And I would say I also do that. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yes, it, sometimes it happens. Like if I'm on vacation, you know, sure. and, you're, and you're seeing a family interact, and like, yeah, uh, yeah, that 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 probably wouldn't work for me. I just heard the way they spoke to them or acted or yeah. whatever. I don't know. I I can't even really yeah. uh, uh, pick a specific thing. Right, but right. I've had that moment. Um, so yes, uh, and even people that I know. I've had the absolute uh, conscious thought of a wonderful person. They're my friend. I could never be married to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which is yes. weird because I'm like, they probably feel the same way about me. Yeah, exactly. Like, what, which, and I'm not offering. Exactly. Like. It's not like we're <laughs> trying why to do date anybody. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're projecting like, oh, you know. I uh, want Josh to pass away. Yeah, so exactly. I'm so my I can, second exactly. husband. Never. No no no, no. no, 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 no. None of that. Uh-huh. But it's just, I don't know. It's probably the way. Uh, it's a, a sociological right. Um, experiment, right? Like we put ourselves in like, s- like metaphorically or like, yes. not metaphorically, that's not the right word, but um, it starts with an H, I think. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, thank mm-hmm. you. We put ourselves in these like hypothetical yeah. situations right. and like play them out. Right. But we like know that it wouldn't work. Like, <laughs> right. I right. only do that with ones that wouldn't work. Like yes. I'm not hypothetically thinking about a relationship that would be better which is great yeah i mean that would be very unhealthy and maybe if you are you should go talk to someone yeah probably should yeah you might want to start with your spouse yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) because yes if you're like man that person's way better than my spouse Mm -hmm. now we have crossed the line have we uh now we're going places Mm -hmm. uh that that are unhealthy Uh, i've actually uh uh read it was either a book or a video that i saw about a lady who had um, uh, cheated on her husband, 
and she said I could take you to the moment that I knew we had crossed the line mm-hmm. it was with a co-worker mm-hmm. they were in a meeting um, and he I don't know, put his foot on hers under the table or whatever it was mm-hmm. and she didn't shoo him away and mm-hmm. she said that was the moment I knew I'd crossed the line uh, where we had been friends before and you know enjoy talking together we worked together we had some success whatever it was but um, the the that moment was the moment she knew uh, yep this is where if I was to trace it back to where I really messed up sure it was that moment right there that was the uh, the crossroads so if you're ever at that moment where you're like hey you know I uh, I could see myself with that person uh, then. Uh, that's where we probably need to be having some conversations um, related to that. Now, one of the things that keeps your relationship good and healthy um, is uh, to make sure that you have uh, connections um, and intentional connections uh, with your spouse. Um, you know this about uh, Stacy and I. Every uh, Friday, uh, we, uh, for the last seven or eight years, uh, have had lunch together. I would um, Friday's my typical day off. And so I would go find her wherever she was working, and uh, we would have lunch together. And um, it, um, we've been married for 30 years. Uh, it has been great, uh, but it has not been perfect. And so uh, these are steps that we've taken. Uh, she's been very busy. I've been very busy. And so you've got to be intentional about making these things happen. And so um, we are recording this on a Friday, so we've already had our discussion about what uh, uh, this Friday is going to look like uh, uh, for uh, our lunch connection. And so uh, I think those are the kinds of things that must be done if you want to have a long-term healthy relationship. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what about Josh and Kelsey? So we don't have one thing that I feel like we've done consistently over, well, that's maybe not true, um, frequently, maybe as frequently as you and Stacy in mm-hmm. terms of every Friday. Um, but I do think Josh and I are pretty intentional in each different season of our life of figuring out when and how often, like, we are going to make that time for connection. Um, and actually we, um, our church does these marriage seminars, I think like four times a year, maybe, um, and there's one coming up this Saturday, and they offer free child care. So we get to go and we listen to a clinical counselor talk about the marriage relationship, and then we get to go out to eat on a date. So, awesome. Awesome. yeah, I think that is our plan for tomorrow, um, which will be so fun, and I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Uh, that's great. I think the younger your children are, the more important it is. Yeah. And I know that that doesn't make sense, right? No. We got to raise these so kids. Hard. Yeah. We who's going to take care of my yeah. kids? And they've got this problem or that problem, and this one's been sick or that's got an allergy or this one. Uh, this has a separation anxiety. Um, yes. Um, yeah, I get it. All yes. of that is true, mm-hmm. and it's also true that if you want to have a long-term relationship with that, uh, when you took your vows and said "till death do us part," you actually meant that. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have to be intentional about uh, making sure that those things stay healthy. Using a sports analogy, I believe it was Tiger Woods back in his heyday uh, was the best putter in the world. You know what he spent the majority of his time on? Putting. Exactly, because he was strengthening his strengths um, and trying to minimize his weaknesses, yes. So the strength of your of your family is your marriage and so if you'll strengthen your strength uh, then your uh, family will be um, absolutely the beneficiary of that so kudos to you and josh and uh, the tree church is that right Mm -hmm. Uh, in lancaster uh, that puts these on being intentional about making sure that families um, are strong because the husband and wife are strong together so Yep, the younger your kids are, the harder it is, but I would contend the more important it is to do that. Great. Talk to me about Valentine's Day. How does Valentine's <laughs> Day work in the Bull household? We're not big on Valentine's Day. You don't care about love? Of course we do. You don't care about your relationship? Of course we do. Oh, oh, you said you were going to that event. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. We just, it's sweet. I I feel like we don't really have big expectations. We don't really have any major traditions. Um, I was actually thinking how, um, as our kids get older, 
I really want to celebrate or at least include them in our celebration of Valentine's Day and of love. And I think it's a great chance to point our kiddos back to God the Father who created love. And um, I don't know. I We just haven't... I don't know. Josh and I aren't super big on this holiday in particular uh-huh. I don't, not like we are anti-valentine's day but right. we just are like oh it's another day uh uh-huh. yeah so <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> i have nothing that interesting to say well let me ask you this okay um because there is this prevailing thought that uh-huh go ahead i think you're gonna say that the expectation is that the man gets the woman a gift. Or even the other way around. Oh, okay. That w- one gets the other a gift, but not vice versa. No. Oh. The expectation, yes, I do think the expectation is more on the guy. Yeah. What did you get your wife or what did you get your girlfriend? Yeah. Um, and if you don't, um, uh, you know, if you don't settle that with a decent answer, then you're, you know, you're the worst person in the world. But um, <laughs> I... I um, what I, what I was thinking about is there is an, uh, <clears throat> this prevailing thought that if she says to you, mm-hmm. the guy, the uh-huh. husband, the boyfriend, um, hey, you don't need to do anything for Valentine's Day. I don't put a lot of stock in that. This is what I heard you say. Sure. Uh, look, it's fine. It's just another day. No big deal. But then she's actually secretly hurt when nothing happened. No, hate that. No. And I don't do that to Josh. I'm Hallelujah. very, very clear if I like want... Yeah, we just have to be clear with our expectations. Oh, and especially sister. when we lie. Like, you can't lie and say that you don't care and then actually do care. Like, you need to own it and say, like, I want something. Like, yeah. I want you to think of me. Yes. I want you to do something for me. Yes. And I kind of feel like, sure, then you can get, you can go in the cycle of, like, well, is he... I'm going to say he because I'm a woman. But is he only doing this for me because I asked or because he wants to? And if you are in a good, healthy relationship, I would say it's both. Like, he's doing this because he wants to love you and care for you well and because you asked. And so, therefore, he does care about you. So, he's going to do what you asked. Like, but it's just this really weird, really weird mind games that people can play. And they're just so bad and unhealthy. They are. I want to speak for men. Sure, go for what it. What men want yes. is to please their wife or girlfriend. Uh-huh, so if uh-huh. you're playing some mind game with us, yeah. here's what most men hear when you say, I don't need anything, just get me a card. Sure. And you, I don't know, go to the store and you get her a card yeah. and you give it to her and she's like, what, that's it? Um, no candy, no flowers, <laughs> no date? Um, well, excuse me, uh, I heard exactly what you said, and I did. I'm not trying to screw up your life. I'm not trying to make life more difficult for you. I'm not trying uh, to see how uh, close to the edge or the minimum I can do. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm actually trying to please you. But what men need, at least this guy and most men that I know, need very clear communication about what the expectation is. And if you're going mm-hmm. to try to trick us or uh, use some code and you're supposed supposed to figure it out bad news we're not that smart and we (laughs) won't figure it out be very direct with what you want and maybe we'll add a little extra spice or another element to it or something like that sure but let us know the baseline expectation and don't get mad if nothing else uh, happens beyond that because we absolutely want to make our wife and girlfriend um, happy. Uh, yes. N- you know, not the same. You don't have a wife and girlfriend, you understand. <laughs> a wife or girlfriend, that's what I should have said. Sure, I sure, want to sure. make them happy, um, so, but I have to know clearly what the need is. So if you're listening to this before Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. here's my tip. Just ask your significant other, hey, how do you want to celebrate Valentine's Day this year? You know? Yes. How would you feel loved? Yep. How would you feel cared about and thought about on Valentine's Day? Yes. 
and it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, a $100 plate uh, dinner. Totally. Right? Yeah. There's so many things that can be done. It uh, can yeah. be done on a budget. Um, and some of them may not even include any money. Maybe they just want to watch a movie that you have at your house. Yeah, spend time together. Yes. This makes me think of the uh, five love languages, yes, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. If you don't know what those are, go look them up. Yeah, Gar- Take Gary the Chapman. Test. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They'll be so helpful in it understanding. Would your significant other it would maybe that's what you do for valentine's day right that's such a cute idea it is so you could find out what really makes them tick Mm -hmm. what what's important to them and uh, and quite frankly way more important to learn your spouse's love language than to learn about your own yes um because we need to speak to them in the language that connects with them uh and not uh not make it about us but uh Yes, I think we had the same discussion as it related to um, Christmas. Christmas, I yes. think so, yeah. And gifts. Yep. And I think your advice is absolutely critical. Yeah. And that is set the expectation. Early, not and, the day of. Yes. Yes. And then also set it honestly. Yes. Don't try to make us figure it out, especially women to men. Mm-hmm. Men are pretty simple creatures. Um, so don't don't um, be coy or uh, well I said this I really meant that I thought they I thought they understood what I was saying we don't no okay so this also is interesting and I'm curious what you'd say to this because I still feel like I am in a young relationship which you is are. funny okay because Josh and I have been married for 11 years and we dated for seven years before that. We've been together more than half of our lives at this point. Yep. But it's interesting because I also think that it is totally okay if you set an expectation young. Like, hey, Valentine's Day doesn't mean that much to me. Not a big deal. Like, maybe cards or flowers or something to let me know. Like, you're thinking of me. Whatever. However you set that. But I also think... I could see later down the road if we're empty nesters or even if our kids are in high school and way more independent. Hey, I actually want to go on a date on Valentine's Day. You know, I think that's okay for the expectation to change. Yes. But especially if you're in, and I guess maybe for some people the expectation changes yearly. Uh Uh-huh. I don't think that's me personally. Yeah. Um, but I could see in different seasons of my life where the expectation is different. And so I think that's also okay. And we're also allowed to change our mind and to want something different. Because I also think your relational needs in different seasons are just that, different. So I would also encourage you to say, if you've had these conversations in the past, if you've always never bought each other Christmas gifts and now you're like, Hey, our financial situation's different. I would like a gift. You know, just say that. Yep. I don't know. What do you think? Do you uh, feel like you've seen that with you and Stacy? Your expectations that you've set maybe earlier in your relationship have changed over the years? Uh, yes. Um, and uh, it, a lot of it has to do with your income. A lot of it has to do with the time that you sure. have, right? Yeah. Um, you're, <laughs> if you can find a Valentine's <laughs> card you had hidden in the back drawer, yeah. you know, that might be all you have time and energy for. Sure. Um, as you mentioned, your kids are in high school. They're on dates with their girlfriend yeah. or boyfriend. And, uh, you know, you... You would have some more flexibility there. Um, I think um, what you've stated uh, it needs to be repeated, and that is set the expectation mm-hmm. and have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Because now, you know, my wife and I have been married 30 years. Okay, our expectation is going to be a little different. I do think there is a, a wild card here. Okay. And this is a wild card. I know I'm going to sound like an old guy get off oh, my lawn. Gosh. But it's, it's a social media world. Right? Oh, okay. So you start scrolling. Oh, look what he did for her. Oh, okay. Oh, look what she did for him. For Val- Why didn't you do that for me? Um, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. Or we feel the pressure. Hey, I noticed you didn't um, post anything about uh, <laughs> your Valentine's. Uh, did you guys do anything? Like, it's, it feels to me like society is putting this pressure on you. Like, what do you mean you didn't buy your wife flowers? Uh, what do you mean uh, she didn't uh, get uh, candy for you? Whatever um, that is. Mm. Um, and I feel like there's this societal pressure applied to you. Like, you know it's Valentine's Day, right? Uh, you, you, got, you, know, you see it on television. You hear it on the radio. Uh, billboards. Uh, In the stores. Yes. 
where this pressure, society putting this pressure on you. You're not going to screw up Valentine's Day again this year, are you? You know, th- this whole pressure. Um, and uh, I think all of it can be taken care of by having open, honest communication uh, with the, the person that is significant to you. Love it. Because then when social media says, oh, you didn't post anything about your Valentine's. Yeah, I had a conversation uh, with my wife or girlfriend or whoever uh, you're in a relationship with uh, and say, um, hey, here's our expectation. And she she wanted, um, she actually wanted to stay home and watch a movie. Uh, and that was it. Yep. Uh, you know, that's what we did. And by the way, none of your business. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what we did for Valentine's Day. Um, yeah. But that, that, that sense or that pressure, um, I think, is unhealthy uh, in, in lots of ways. So this will be my youngest daughter's first Valentine's Day married. I know. She yeah. got... She's been married for a week. A week, yep. Uh, this we were recording this on a Friday. Uh, she got married last Friday. It was wonderful. Um, <coughs> she wore my wife's wedding dress. Yes. I think we talked about that in the last podcast. So sweet. It was. So I actually have now danced with two women wearing the same dress 30 years apart. I know. Okay, so this is one of my favorite questions. Yep. What did you guys, what song did you yeah. guys dance well, to? Well, um, one of the things, uh, one of the artists who's been very significant in, in my life personally and in our family is Stephen Curtis Chapman. He's a contemporary Christian music artist. And um, he helped us uh, financially to be able to adopt our son. Uh, it's just been uh, significant. I had the privilege of meeting him uh, on two or three occasions. Uh, it's been wonderful. Uh, he sings a song called Cinderella. Uh, I danced uh, with Cinderella. And the way the, the song goes is, uh, you know, she she's real, real little. And then she's getting a little bit older. Uh, and then she's uh, in high school. And then I uh, get to dance with her uh, at her wedding. That's so and sweet. And when that song was playing, uh, my, my Sydney had collected a bunch of pictures of her and I together uh, throughout various stages of, uh, of her life. And uh, so those were being displayed while. Uh, uh, did you know that was going to happen? I did. Uh, she showed uh, she showed it uh, showed it to me uh, ahead of time, and uh, yeah, um, I love 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 that stuff. Did you and Sydney pick that song together? She picked it. Cute. Yeah. And for me, that's important uh, because it's not my wedding; mm-hmm. it's her wedding, mm-hmm. and we're going to do whatever you think is best. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dad, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, it's not about you, Steve. Uh, it's about your daughter and what she wants. If she doesn't have an opinion, she could ask me, and I'd say, "Hey, this is what I think we ought to do." Uh, and she would have been open to that, but uh, it was her decision to make. Um, that's the second of my daughter uh, that have gotten married, and uh, so I have loved that process. Um, speaking of uh, pressure, sometimes like, oh, how'd you feel about that? Oh, you gave your daughter away. Like I was supposed to be emotional about it or like super sad or whatever. And I'm not. I'm super excited about it. She's taking the next uh, step in her journey. Yeah. Uh, it's her day. We get to celebrate her. And, and uh, you know, she gets to move on to the next aspect in her life. It's awesome. Did you cry? I did not. Did you remember to take her bouquet? Um, I did remember to take the bouquet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whew, I was feeling a little pressure there. I was yeah. like, oh, am I supposed to remember something? Yeah, I did. I did remember that. Great. Yeah, it was it was awesome. That's so fun. Yeah, Any other favorite moments from the special day? Um, no, not not that I can think of. I, okay. I love I love the dancing piece. Um, that was that was awesome. That's so sweet. Yeah, it's it's time for us to bring in our guest. We're staying with the letter L, um, and uh, we were uh, talking about uh, uh, love. And now um, our L guest will join us on this podcast. As we promised, our guest has joined us on the Sports and Spirituality Show. He is high school senior Lucas Lang. Thanks for coming on the podcast. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so let's learn a little bit about Lucas Lang. Where are you from originally? I'm from born and raised in Lancaster, Ohio. So. And uh, what do your parents do for a living? My dad is a computer science engineer, um, and my mom is a professor at Ohio University. Very good. And do you have any siblings? Yes, I have a brother and a sister, both older. Both older. Yeah. So you're the baby of the family. Uh, how do you embrace that role? Um, I embrace it like any little brother would, I guess. <laughs> a little bit annoying to the older siblings, but, you know, it's, it's a good time. Uh, the baby of the family gets all the breaks, and that's a complaining older brother uh, there. So that's, uh, I apologize for complaining about that. Um, so uh, when did you first realize, hey, maybe I'm, um, I'm, maybe I'm pretty good at this athletic thing? 
Well, I don't, I don't really know. It's hard to answer. So I've always been into sports from a very young age. I always loved playing basketball, baseball uh, from a really young age. And I've always been semi-athletic. Um, I've been relatively good at a sport. Uh, but there is, really wasn't a point where I was great. You know, it's just I've had to work to that point. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's all. Well, you've done a great job of working to that point. I think the important word there is work, right? This is not something you'll roll out of bed. And um, I think maybe I heard a rumor you set an indoor pole vaulting record at 15 feet 7 inches. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Um, and so that's not something you roll out of bed and just do, right? Now, there's a lot of work. At what point did you say, of all these sports I like, I want to focus on track and field? Well, it was my freshman year that I, that I decided that. So I played uh, basketball and baseball all the way up till freshman year. Um, and eighth grade year, I did all three of them. And I had the most success in the pole vault. Um, I did really well that year. And I just I prayed about it. And uh, God led me to uh, choose the pole vaulting path. And I haven't looked back since. Very good. Now, uh, there are people that do decathlons and other field events, that kind of thing. Have you specialized in pole vault? Do you do other things, or is that your uh, primary uh, field event? Yes, that's my primary primary field event. Um, I've done some other running events just when the team needs me to, you know, some relay of events, but um, pole vault is my main event. Uh, very good. Um, and uh, what maybe led you to that kind of thing, where uh, obviously there's uh, plenty of other field events you can participate in. You mentioned uh, helping the team because, uh, of course, track and field is a team sport. You get team points and all of that kind of thing. Um, so at what point did you say, this is where I really need to put all of my energies? Uh, it, was, it was in freshman year again. Um, it was... I, I did a lot of events in middle school, and I had some some success in the other running events, the spring events. But pole vault was my main event. I, I was always, you know, pretty decent at pole vault. So I figured, um, put all my effort into this event, um, and then you know the other events will be the side events. The, once I get better at pole vault, though, that'll also help me at the other ones. So. Yeah. Well, very good. And so, uh, did you set any records, maybe, as a freshman or a sophomore or, or junior? No, I did not, actually. This is the first record I've broken. Um, you know, I was, I was decent my junior, freshman, and, and senior or sophomore years, um, but I was never to the level I am now. Um, so, you know, the record that I just broke is just a testament to all the work I put in um, throughout the years to get me to this point. Yeah, that's good stuff. And that's an indoor track meet, which is obviously different than an outdoor. Which of those two do you prefer and why? Well, I prefer indoor track better, um, and that's because there's no wind in indoor track. So for the pole vault, um, the wind could be a big issue um, just for the fact that if it's blowing at you, you're going to be slower, and if it's blowing with you, you're going to be faster. So you always have to make that adjustment um, for outdoor track. But for indoor track, you don't have to worry about that because there's no wind. I believe in uh, the Olympics they have a thing called wind-aided, like if you set a record, they say, well, that was a wind-aided record because you were running with wind at your back most of the time or whatever uh, that is. Is that such a thing in pole vault or no? Um, it, it's definitely an advantage to have the wind at your back in pole vault. Um, not, to, not to the extent where it, it matters a whole lot, but yes, it, it does matter because it does make you faster, which allows you to bend the pole more and jump higher. Yeah, very good. Um, and my hunch is, in bending the pole, uh, that um, it takes a lot of upper body strength and obviously the control of your body um, to propel yourself over the bar. Talk to me about uh, your workouts um, and uh, focus on upper body strength. Yeah, so definitely I do focus a lot on upper body strength when working out. <clears throat> so um, I focus on a lot of explosive lifts, um, you know, bench, um, I do a lot of dumbbell presses and everything. Um, but other than that, you know, leg-wise, you have to have speed for the pole vault, too. So it, pole vault is all speed and upper body. So for the speed, you work on all explosive leg lifts. So jump squats, lunges, everything like that. Um, and then once you get to that point where you're real explosive uh, in, the, in your run and, and have enough upper body strength to bend the pole a lot, that's when you see a lot of the success. Uh, for those who may be unfamiliar, like uh, our co-host Kelsey Bow, who doesn't probably know anything about track, because she doesn't know a lot of things about sports, because she's not a sports fan. But that's another subject for another time. Um, uh, tell me some dimensions. Uh, how long is the pole vault pole? Well, that depends. So you can use really any pole uh, that you have. Um, the one I use is 14 feet 7 inches right now. Um, and, and pole vault poles are, uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but they have a certain stiffness to them. Um, and the stiffer they are, generally, the higher you can jump. However, you have to have the strength to be able to, to bend the pole. So you have to find the right pole for you. The one I use is a 14-foot, 7-inch pole, um, and it has a 175-weight-pound label. So um, 
that probably doesn't mean really anything uh, to you, uh, but um, uh, so the way weight labels work is you have to be a specific, you can't be over the weight label uh, to jump on a pole. So um, a 175-pound pole, anybody below 175, weighs, uh, that weighs below 175 can jump on that pole. Nobody above can. Um, so that's what I use. I weigh about 135. I use a 175-pound pole. Very good. Um, yes, and I definitely could not use your pole pole. <laughs> I could have when I was in like the sixth grade, but uh, <laughs> not uh, after that. Now, uh, what about the weight of the pole? How does that work? Um, so the, the weight of it, uh, like the physical weight of it, it's not that heavy. Um, it, they're made of carbon fiber, so it's a pretty light material. Um, you know, way back in the day, they used steel poles, um, but the technology has advanced in the sport where they found that carbon fiber and fiberglass are the... The, um, the most beneficial and most uh, you get the most out of them. Um, so they're not that heavy. Um, they're not light because you're carrying them from the end. But if you were to just pick one up, you'd say, wow, this is lighter than I expected. Yeah. Um, now, uh, <clears throat> for those non-field event people like uh, Kelsey and I, um, have you ever had a situation where you were worried about your pole snapping or maybe it actually did snap? No, that's it happens a lot less uh, than a lot of people think. Um, really, the only way a pole snaps is if somebody spikes it. So you have spikes on the end of your cleats. Um, and, if, and if the spike digs into the pole, then it'll snap. But other than that, there's really no... Yeah, I worry about it snapping. Yeah, so you don't have to worry about, oh, I've been in this for, too far or whatever because it's about to snap. That's, uh, that's never in your head. No, not really. No, because, um, and, and at the beginning it was because I didn't really know what I was doing as much. But now that I have the experience that I do, it's really not a worry. Let me ask you about feeling some pressure. There's been some success at Lancaster High School. Um, I actually had a friend of mine from many, many, many years ago, David Johnson, uh, who was a pole vaulter at Lancaster High School. I actually think had the school record for a period of time. I'm quite frankly uh, quite sure that you've broken that um, record. But um, do you feel any pressure uh, to perform with the history that Lancaster High School has had? Yeah, absolutely I do. Absolutely I do. Um, you know, Lancaster, ha Lancaster has a very rich history in track and field. They've been historically very good. Um, but pressure, I, I believe, is a good thing. It means you're in your a position to do something great. Um, you know, it, if you, the great, uh, great athletes know how to deal with pressure. And I'm getting to that point right now. I'm still dealing with it a little bit. But, um, yeah. So talk to me about you. 15-7 is your indoor record. I think it's actually the Division One record. Is that correct? Well, it's yeah, the, the, the Division One lead right now. Yeah, it's not the record all time, but it's uh, what's leading in Division One right now. Okay, uh, very good. And uh, uh, what do you think about breaking that record, you know, your own record? Uh, it's it's every pole vaulter wants to, to break their own record. You know, that's the goal. That's the main goal. Jump as high as you can. Um, so, you know, when I go into a track meet, that's all I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about focusing on how I can be better than last time, you know, and, uh, it's, that, that mindset has worked for me so far. Uh, it certainly has. Um, and <clears throat> we all are striving to move higher and better in, in really in every aspect of our life. And so, uh, obviously track and field, no different, uh, for you, uh, and uh, the approach that you're taking there. Um, talk to me about outdoor track. Uh, what's your what's your record in outdoor track? Your PR, they say, their personal record. Mm -hmm. It is 15 feet four inches in outdoor track. So 15.7 on the indoor, 15.4 on the outdoor. Now, uh, we are recording this podcast uh, the first day of February, uh, so you're a couple of months away from actually uh, track and field events. Uh, what are you thinking about as a senior at Lancaster High School um, outdoor track? Well, I have, I have three main goals for outdoor track. I want to jump 16.6. Uh, that's my height goal. Um, I want to win states, um, so that's my uh, state's goal, I guess. <laughs> and then um, I, I want to qualify for nationals and become an All-American, which is placing top six at nationals. Um, last year I placed ninth, so I was real close. So this year I'm hoping to break through and, and place sixth. Now, 16-6, is that? Uh, that's got to be a Lancaster High School record. Yeah, it definitely would be. I think 15-6 is the record now, so it would be. I got you. So you got 15-7, but that's indoor, so that doesn't count uh, for the school record until you get outside. Um, and what is your regiment that you participate in to try to break that record? Um, I, it's hard to say um, because I... As long as I'm doing what I'm doing now, um, I'm going to break that record. And, and what I'm doing now is just um, going to practice, you know, every day of the week, but just focusing on pole vault related stuff just a couple times a week. Um, 
uh, it's easy to get burnt out in the pole vault, and it's easy to, to get in your own head. So you gotta you gotta uh, pace yourself a little bit, which is something I've learned uh, along the way. That was a hard thing to learn because you want to just go up there and and, and pole vault the entire day. But um, yeah, so just pace yourself. Um, that's what I'm doing. Um, continue to lift, work out, get stronger, faster, um, and then that'll put myself in a position to to break the record. <laughs> Track and field is an interesting sport in that it's so individual. Yes, you have relays. It's not individual, right? You, you have three other people with you. Uh, but such an individual thing, and yet such a team thing, because you do get a team score, and you maybe have to do something you don't typically maybe even enjoy or if you don't feel you're especially good at. But they need that to get the points so the team can um, that kind of thing. How do you manage uh, that um, really interesting situation of being a team sport, but certainly an individual sport as well. Well, so my my philosophy on that, I guess, is as long as you're doing the best um, and and doing the best that you can do, um, and and doing the best you can do for your team, then that's the mindset you got to have. So, for example, um, I I try to do I do the best I can in the pole vault, um, and then every now and then my my team needs me to run a relay, and I don't particularly like running relays, but that's what the team needs. So I'm going to do my best in helping the team and, and running that relay to the best of my ability and, and go from there. Talk to me about team chemistry. We see this so vital in team sports. You know, it's football, basketball, baseball, whatever it is. Um, and yet, again, in track and field, because of the unique nature of it, uh, might be a little bit harder to build. And yet there's a lot of downtime in track and field events. So um, how do you manage the team chemistry side of track and field? Uh, it is a little bit hard to manage because everybody is off doing their own uh, specialized events, but it is also very important to the team. You know, if, if one area of the team is going to have success, um, it's, it's vital for, for the chemistry to the, for the other uh, side of the team to have success. Um, so really, it's just uh, before and after practice, just talking to the other, you know, the other sides of the team, the distance team for me, the throwers. Um, uh, just getting to know them, getting to know their, their events a little bit better. There's always a lot of ins and outs to every single event. Um, and just trying to understand that, um, and that builds a lot of chemistry. Got to ask you about a very unique thing. Quite frankly, in the annals of high school sports, I'm not sure there has ever been, or ever will be, at least I hope there isn't, another pandemic that hits while you're trying to play your sport. Mm -hmm. uh, baseball and softball was canceled in 2020. Um, I'm not sure about track and field. You can tell me about that. But how did you manage that very unique time in high school history? Yeah, so track and field was canceled. It was canceled, and that was a real bummer because that's when um, the starting of, like, I, so we had an indoor season um, freshman year, and then outdoor season is when it all got canceled. And indoor season is when my real love for the sport starts to took off. So once outdoor um, season track got canceled, I was real bummed. Um, but that also grew my love for the sport ten times because I wasn't able to do it. You know, I was just thinking about it all day. Man, I want to do this. Man, I want to do this. And once we were finally back for indoor season sophomore year, I just I just took off. You know, I I I I just loved doing it. I, I found a, a new. A, a, uh, reinvigorated love, I guess, for the sport, and and so yes, it was it was a real bummer that you know in, that outdoor track was canceled, but it also pushed me to do better indoor season uh, when it when it was back. So. Talk to me about the academics because you have to keep your academics up. Uh, you have to be qualified to be involved in a sport. Talk to me about the academic challenges that you face. Yeah, so um, certainly you know you got to be you got to be eligible for for track and field, um, but um, I've always taken my academics very seriously. Um, you know, I know that I'm not going to be a pole vaulter forever, so I got to set myself up um, uh, for a good job. And, and academics will, will lead the way for that. So I've always taken them very seriously. Um, you know, I've I've always put the work in in the classroom, so I can have success um, on the track. Um, so yeah. Uh, what, talk to me about favorite classes that you enjoy. I've always been a math guy, so I always liked math classes. Um, I always liked how there's just one answer in math. You know, I, I like that. Just one right answer, and if you don't get it, you're wrong. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I enjoy, um, you know, algebra, calculus, even statistics, which really, it's kind of math. It kind of isn't, but I just like the logical side of, of classes. That makes complete sense to me. Uh, what's the future hold for Lucas Lang? Well, I haven't really decided yet. So I want to go to college, and I want to pole vault in college. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've had a few, um, you know, offers from a couple colleges. Right now, I'm, I'm really leaning towards Youngstown State. They have a really good program. They're D1. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm keeping the door open. Um, so for pole vault, at least, your scholarship is determined by how high you jump. And um, 
I kind of want to jump as high as I can, you know, in the outdoor season to maximize that scholarship before I decide where I go to college. But, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, Youngstown State, actually, uh, as we record this, uh, their president, uh, Jim Trussell, just retired. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there will be some changes there. Probably won't affect the track and field team, I don't suppose, for uh, the Penguins of Youngstown <laughs> State. Um, but uh, uh, maybe some other offers uh, will come your way as it relates to that. What would you like to study in college? I'd like to uh, study computer science, so that's what that's what field my dad went into, and I've always kind of had an interest to that, like computer coding and everything. It's always been super interesting to me, so that's probably what I'm going to go into in college. Um, who's the best athlete in the Lang family? Would that happen to be Lucas or maybe uh, those older siblings? I know you don't want to give them uh, you know too much credit, but uh, what's your thought there? Well, I'd, I'd say my brother is probably the, big, the, the best athlete in my family. Um, he always put a lot of work in. He's the one that... He was always really competitive, so he always strove to be better than his teammates. Um, and it, well, not his teammates, his competitors. Um, and that competitive competitiveness kind of rubbed off on me, um, which is you know why I've I've had the success I've had. But I'd say my brother. Yeah, very good. Now we call this the sports and spirituality show. We've talked a good bit about sports on this program thus far. Uh, let's uh, hear about your spiritual journey. Um, uh, how did that process begin for you? So uh, my parents uh, raised me in, in the church. I've always, that's all really I've ever known. Um, and I've always, you know, believed in Jesus, believed that he was real, always from a very young age. Um, but then, um, you know, when I was about 12 years old, it all clicked. It all made sense. You know, it, everything, you know, the, the Jesus' sacrifice, the resurrection, everything made sense. And it all connected, kind of. And that's when I became saved. Uh, very good. What uh, church were you a part of? Uh, Calvary Baptist Church, just in Ohio, in, in Lancaster here. Yes, I believe that is uh, Matthew Nyheiser, uh, the pastor over there. Uh, outstanding. So uh, what steps have you continued to take since uh, being 12 years old and really understanding who Jesus was and making a connection with him? What other steps in your spiritual journey have you taken? Yeah, so, um, you know, when I when I got saved, I... I knew that that wasn't all I had to do, but I, I kind of not took a step back, but I didn't pursue Jesus, you know. And then later on down the line, a couple years later, I, I, I was still keeping my faith, but I wasn't as involved, you know, in, with my faith. And, and I wanted to be, and, and, you know, I prayed about it, and then I realized I have to pursue Jesus. You know, I have to be reading my Bible. I have to, I have to be praying and, and actively wanting to have a relationship with God. Um, and so I started doing that. My faith got stronger, and I haven't looked back since. Yeah, there's, I uh, believe the Apostle Paul said, the Lord rewards those who earnestly or diligently seek him. And it is part of what we're called to do, is to uh, be a active and passionate pursuer of him. And so very wise of you to understand that at a young age, uh, and then uh, take steps in that direction. Uh, have you uh, gotten baptized, that kind of thing? I have not gotten baptized yet. Um and I don't really know what's holding me back. I, 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 I don't know. I, I haven't really thought of that. I, it's just a hard, I don't know. It's an interesting topic. I, I don't really know how to answer yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's no problem at all. Uh, the only reason I bring it up is because uh, there's multiple steps in our journey, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, those steps include lots of different things. Mm -hmm. As you've said, yep, I know Jesus, but then I needed to be more... Uh, passionate or diligent in pursuing him and so that's a step in your right. spiritual journey right um, and uh, baptism another step uh, getting uh, I don't know involved in a small group or get, getting uh, involved in serving at the church Th those are steps in our spiritual journey um, and it is uh, all part of moving us in the direction the Lord would have us to go and I think it is very wise of you to say, I'm not going to do that because my friends did or my parents are putting pressure on me to or uh, because, you know, the preacher says we have to. Um, no, that's not the reason to, to do anything in our spiritual journey. Uh, we need to do it because we f understand what that step means um, and that we are putting forth the proper uh, effort and energy uh, to do it because of... Um, it is what is the next step in our journey. So I applaud your willingness to wrestle with that and uh, make that move when it's uh, the, the right time for you. Um, what are some other ways that you use this platform of athletics to point people to God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ? 
Well, so um, every time I, I clear a bar, every time I make a bar, I, I point up and, and give all the glory to God for that. Um, and I've gotten asked about that a couple times, you know, why are you pointing up? Why are you doing that? And I love when people ask me that because that gives me an opportunity to share with them the gospel and, and what Jesus did on the cross. Um, so that's that's one way. Um, I, I have a, a cross drin, uh, drawn on my spikes, just, um, and I've gotten a couple people ask me about that as well. So that's another way. But yeah, just any opportunity I can I can have um, to, to share the gospel with somebody on the athletic side, I take it because it's important. Uh, it is. And I think all of us should use our platform, whether you're an accountant or whether you're a broadcaster or whether you're in, um, I don't know, a swim team, uh, whatever your platform is, I think it's really important to use that uh, to point people in the direction uh, of something that we're passionate about. So I applaud you in doing that. Uh, the Bible also says we shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And uh, Lucas Lang is not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And and uh, so we celebrate that. Um, have you received any maybe negative pushback on your expression of your faith? Um, not really, no. I mean, people have, have, you know, always wondered why I've, you know, been so on fire about Jesus, I guess. They've, they've, uh, some people think it's a little bit weird, but I've never gotten any, you know, hey, you can't do that, or, or stop, stop telling me about this. You know, it's never been like that. Yeah, and I think it's important uh, that uh, we don't uh, push these things on right. people, right? Jam the Bible down people's throat and thump them over the head with it and all that. There's, there's just no value in that. I don't think it's what Jesus Christ did, right? right. Uh, he loved them. Uh, he laid out um, the truth for them, and then he let them decide what they're going to do. And so I don't think we should be ashamed of it, but we also, I think, need to manage that way um, as well. Um, how has your family connection, sounds like you're very supported by your parents and, and uh, siblings, um, how has that helped to project you um, in your athletic career? Um, it's, it's really helped. So yeah, like you said, my parents and my siblings are very supportive of me. Um, you know, I, anytime that I'm down or I had a bad meet or anything, they always pick me back up and say, look, you've gotten this far. This is just a bump in the road. Just, just you got to push on from there. Um, yeah, they've, they've been a big help, you know, all my life for that. Someone said that a family that prays together stays together. Uh, talk to me about how they've been supportive of your faith journey. Yeah, so it's kind of been the same as the athletics. You know, it, they've always, you know, picked me up when I'm a little bit down. You know, I could always go to them if I had any questions about anything, you know, whatsoever, um, especially spiritually. Um, so they've always, you know, and they, like you said, they never pushed it on me. You know, they always said, this is what, you know, this is what we're doing and, and, this is what we believe, and we think you should too, but we're not going to force it on you, you know. And, and that just helped make it such an easier decision for me because, you know, seeing, seeing people around you who, who live, you know, a Christian faith and a Christian life uh, makes it so much easier for you to do the same, you know. So that's, that's what's helped, really helped me. Are there any Olympic aspirations in the heart and mind and life of Lucas Lang? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think every pole vaulter has Olympic aspirations. Um, you know, it, it'll be a, a long journey to get to that point. Um, we're going to see where we're at in college, but certainly that's a, you know, a, a big goal that I have. You know, I, I might never reach it, but that's, that's one of the main goals. You know, I'm going to do my best to train um, and, and to work uh, as hard as I can to, to, to get to that level, but we'll see if it happens. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible stuff right there. Well, thank you, Lucas Lang, for joining us on the Sports and Spirituality Show podcast. Uh, thank you for uh, your willingness to put forth the time and effort and energy it takes to be a leader. Thank you for not being ashamed of Jesus and being very uh, upfront about your faith in uh, the most appropriate ways. And uh, we trust the Lord's blessing on you as you finish your senior season of uh, track and field, predominantly pole vaulting um, at the college level, maybe the Olympic level. Uh, and uh, we encourage you uh, to keep up the great work athletically, but in your spiritual journey as well. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been a, this has been a real blessing to, to be on this podcast. This is a really cool opportunity. Uh, well, it's been really cool that... Uh you have said yes uh, to uh, being on the podcast today, and we trust the Lord's blessing on you in your continued success there. That's Lucas Lang joining us on this episode of The Sass. All right, Kelsey, what do you think about what Lucas had to say about platforms and parenting? Okay, so 
It's interesting because when he was talking about platforms, I was reminded of a conversation I was able to have with some of my friends this week about um, getting opportunities to point people to Jesus or to share the gospel. And I think we were kind of talking about how we miss opportunities a lot of the time if we're not actively looking for them and asking God to give us them. Um, And maybe it's not even asking God to give us them, but asking God to open our eyes so we see those opportunities and how... Um, for him, he talked about like physical things that people might ask him about, like a, the cross on his spikes or something like that, um, or when he points up to God. And I was thinking in my conversation with my friends about how oftentimes, and I would even say, I mean, probably more frequently than I realize, people will ask me, well, why do you make that decision? Or what are you doing this day? And what, you know, and when I get to share like, oh, well, Sundays we go to church and here's why, like you could answer the question so simply, but if you see it as an opportunity to share your faith and invite people into that or ask them a question about what they believe, um, I think that if we saw those opportunities as opportunities, we would have way more chances to share our faith with people, right? Or even just to ask them questions about what they think. Um, and I think oftentimes sharing our faith starts there with asking questions. Yeah, you, you do a super job of that. Thank uh, you. You're, you're really intentional, I believe, about that. Uh, you're just really good about um, asking those questions because I think when we do that, people find their own answers, right? Or it forces them to wrestle with whatever it is that we're dealing with in that discussion. Uh, there was another guy that did that quite a bit. Maybe mm-hmm. you've heard of him. Uh, his name is jesus christ yeah 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 Yeah. sounds familiar in in the word of god he was asking questions all the time people would come to him and ask a question he would answer a question with a question because he was they were trying to trick him often or or get him to trip over himself or whatever and uh, he would ask them a question and they would have to wrestle with uh, what uh, the real reason for their question was and i think it's a phenomenal tactic obviously jesus was perfect at it Um, (laughs) we are not uh, but I think it's a great uh, system to use there yeah I think so too and as uh, Lucas was talking about his parents and how when he might have a bad meet uh, he really relies on them to encourage him and remind here's what I heard I heard he didn't say this explicitly but I heard him say um, when I have a bad meet or have a bad jump or whatever it is Mm -hmm. rough day uh, they get to remind me about where I've come from and about who I am and where I'm headed. Yep. And I'm like, man, that is so applicable to us. We need people in our lives to remind us of how far we've come, of the things we've already overcome with Jesus' help. Remind us of who we are, where our identity and value is, which is in Jesus Christ. And then um, push us towards where we are headed and why. Um, because, man, we have all had the bad days we have all had the bad weeks or months or years where it feels like we just keep getting knocked down and we have to allow people in our lives uh to to know us and to know us so well that they know our past they know where we're at uh presently and they also have a vision for us because sometimes when it's really hard we lose sight of the vision for ourselves and we need other people to come along and remind us of that we do. Um, <coughs> my cousins, I think the first one I heard say this, probably not original with him, uh, but uh, I give him credit. J.T. Bertram uh, <laughs> said, nobody wants to be defined by their weakest moment. For sure. And so if you have a failure and you say you focus all of your energy on the failure, nobody wants to be defined by that. I certainly don't, uh, and I don't know anybody else that does. Um, what we need is those people to come around and say, this moment uh, it's maybe difficult or maybe as ugly or as broken and frustrating as it is won't have to define you if you get back up and try again and so i think it is really important as you've said to surround yourself with people who are going to be they don't have to be yes people like oh that was fine that was fine no it might not be fine right um but uh, it doesn't have to define the rest of your life Absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. Well, I loved this show. Did you love this show? <laughs> yeah. I thought you would. We would love to have you come back for episode 72. What do you think? Yeah. Y- yeah? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
Okay, I'm still holding out hope and faith that you <laughs> will one time say, I am super excited about coming back for the next podcast, but probably not today. Uh, yeah, not today. All right. Well, I loved having you here. Oh, thank you. Yes, uh, so thanks for being here. <laughs> thank you for joining us for Episode 71 of the Sports and Spirituality Show. A special thank you to our sponsor, and that is Price Custom Homes. Greg and Mitch Price have been building homes uh, for nearly 50 years. They can help you from beginning, middle, and end of the process. You can get more information by going to their website, pricecustomhomes.com. For Kelsey Bowl with Young Life Lancaster. I'm Steve Rouse saying thank you for listening to the SAS, and we encourage you to join us next time for the Sports and Spirituality Show.